0: Welcome back everyone to the truth talks podcast. I'm your host buddy Boone. Thanks for tuning in today Today we are going to go into the second part of the 11 of false prophets If you didn't hear the last one, please go back and listen to that so you don't miss anything Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to give us a shout at 612-88-TRUTH Also, you can leave us a note an email at the truth talks podcast at gmail.com Thank you all for listening. And here's the second part. This is Truth Talks. I uh, tweeted about you uh, a a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's scary. Well, it it was because (laughs) (laughs) this is what happened. So when I tweeted about you, uh, I I took a picture. uh, You should tweet
1: about Christ, not about me, brother. We'll we'll talk about that later. (laughs) not a whole lot worth tweeting about me that's worthy of repetition that's for sure well this is
0: what happened so you you this was your very first uh god and government uh oh yeah uh, you know series the, the very first one where the notes were literally just you know the the sermon yeah which you know of course for me makes me feel a whole lot better because at least I have all the the, uh, scriptures that you're going to say right there instead of me having to pause and and write everything down, you know, over and over again.
1: And I actually didn't give a lot of those scriptures because there were so many.
0: Well, it was enough. And for me, it was like, okay, perfect. So I posted a piece of it. And uh, some people from Twitter actually responded. And when they responded, for me, it was like a you know, okay, good. I understand, but this is what I said. I'm trying to look for it. So, what I was saying is, my pastor will preach. You know, for you know, close to an hour, and these are all the scriptural references that he uses. It's so many of them. You have to like literally go back and pause and 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 write them down and stuff like that. One person responded. You now people responded. Oh yeah, that's that looks good. It's like it like can can I have the rest of that? Can I have the rest of the sermon? Whatever, whatever. But then there were some people, here it was, this is what I said, this is how my pastor preaches. I can't hear what he has to say because of all the scriptures that have infiltrated his sermon. More scripture in his sermon than words. Is this how a pastor's supposed to preach? One hour, 15 minutes. <laughs> right? So someone responds, what a snore fest. And I'm like, no, all right. <laughs> well, and I said, I said something to the effect of like, uh, well, you know, it, to to people that are blind you know the people that don't understand i I get it i understand
1: first corinthians 1
0: yeah so this person actually you know says as as a believer i say yeah i totally understand if i was blind i'd feel the same way and i put second corinthians 4 4 yeah so um the response was basically like you know why does he preach for so long yeah so other people were like uh Here's another one. Teaching pastors should be teaching, not pouring their hearts out because our hearts are deceitful and wicked. Scripture must be the foundation for believers and it gives biblical credibility to the teaching. It's not his idea or his personal agenda or take scripture out of context. And I was like, yes, I feel good about it. Now, here's the thing about it. When and this was the this the uh, this the uh, the paragraph was because of Christ's cosmic sufficiency. Believers have complete sufficiency in him. Yep. So this all, you know, in my brain, it all, you know, uh, the links together because instead of um, my personal testimony coming out and being like the the forefront, like you're saying, mm-hmm. um, when scripture is the forefront, uh, we don't have much room for mistakes. That's it. And we don't have... We don't have any room for it if we're just basically, you know, putting scripture out there. That's it. Now, during this sermon, I think you're about, you about to go somewhere. I am. All right. Well, during go the ahead. sermon, you, you brought out, uh, you you spoke uh, kind of in the direction of false teachers, yeah. but you never really like... Like you, you, you like hit on them a little bit because of how the Pharisees, Sadducees, Herodians, how they all kind of connected to the false teachers. Yep. And you brought out a few different sermons where I'm sorry, uh, scriptures that talked about uh, false teachers. Yep. So can you kind of give like, I'd say like a, a few points to look for? I mean, um, like kind of like. Kind of like the watch out or the uh, hey, this is kind of like the the way that we don't realize that this really is false teaching. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's like this definitely is a the type of false teaching. Yeah. I think we've already outlined one. Yeah, which is if this person talks more about themselves, absolutely, than they do Christ, and that would definitely not be something that you would want to take a look at.
1: Absolutely, I give I'll give you a practical one, building on what you said, because that is one. If any any preacher, um, teacher that talks about themselves more than they do about Christ, God, or the Word, um, has all the earmarks of a false teacher. Mm-hmm. They could be just self-deceived. They could be immature. They could just not know. Sadly, there's a lot of guys that fill the pulpit that's never been trained. They don't know how to preach because they've never been taught. They don't understand. They don't have a conviction that that the Word is sufficient, so they need to fill it with stories. So a lot of times it's not even... It's not even um, something they're uh doing aggressively like like I'm going to set out to be a false teacher I'm going to set out to be a a, a man centered preacher right mm-hmm. they just don't they don't know it's how it's how they were taught they were raised on a on Very- a on a topical story driven kind of preacher and they just follow suit their intentions
0: so, are, are, are sometimes good yeah yeah but.
1: yeah they're in t- they're intent meaning they want to help people and so the only way they know how to do that is talk about their own life or mm. talk about their experiences or whatever so yeah I, I give people the benefit of the doubt until i can anymore and so a lot of times when i speak a lot of people th- they misinterpret me and if i'm talking about this or that I no, I, I, I'm not judging someone's motives. Sometimes you can because it's really clear. They're shysters, they're deceivers. The mm-hmm. Bible's clear about that, and there mm-hmm. are many that are that. Many, especially within the prosperity gospel, they know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're stealing people's money. They're stealing personal fame from God, which God condemns and hates. Mm-hmm. He shares his glory with nobody, but they are stealing his glory for themselves. Mm-hmm. They want to be known as the, as the faith healer, as the preacher, or whatever, And so, um, but a lot of times they don't, they don't, they're just, they're, they're just self-deceived. They're just, uh, inaccurate and untrained and really unqualified and yet they're there. Right. And so that happens. And so, um, but one of the ways, one of the telltale signs with this is, and you can see it in books. If, if, a if a man's face is on the front cover, (laughs) 95% of the time. I've give I'm given five percent leeway, which is probably more than I should, but yeah. I'm trying to be gracious. Ninety five percent of the time, you're going to find that there's false teaching in that book. Just by having his faith. why? Because he sh- he's right from the very beginning mm-hmm. putting something out there. It's me, where a a again, following God's word, the preacher, the teacher is a humble, broken man. It's not about him. He's mm-hmm. hiding behind those scriptures mm-hmm. he's hiding behind christ it's not about him mm-hmm. so whatever book and promotion he put he don't want his face on it he doesn't want anything to do with that mm-hmm. right well i'm talking about actual actual you know book he's writing or whatever mm-hmm. if it's about him then it's about him right but if he's putting it out as scripture as biblical and his face is on it well he's already off and he's already off the, the rails mm-hmm. right and that happens all the time almost every prosperity gospel joel osteen Joyce Meyer,
0: Joe Olstein's the first person that came. Yeah, to Tony,
1: even now Tony Evans, all yeah. his books has got his face on it. Mm-hmm. Didn't used to be that way, yeah. but now it does because that's what that's what. That's what false teachers do. That's what man-centered preachers do. They draw attention to themselves, right? It's about them. Yeah. And so it was with the Pharisees, mm-hmm. right? That Jesus said that they want the high positions, they want the best seats in the house, they want everybody to see them. That's why they pray the long prayers, the loud prayers. They they blow the whistles when they're putting in their their offerings, right? Yeah. They want everybody to see. So that's how you can tell. You can tell that right away. And of course, even in the in the um, high melanin um <laughs> in the high melanin church <laughs> uh-huh. right it's that's a plague man where you know is you got the guys and they're ushered in and got, they got all the entourage and it's just like it's it's nonsense in the low melanin uh uh backwoods culture where i come from mm-hmm. there's this
0: uh, let me let me let me hope before let's back up a little bit when he's talking about high melanin and let me be very clear he's talking about what they would, they call themselves armor bearers. Yes. That's what they call yes. themselves. Yeah. So I want to be, make sure that I'm clear about what that is. I don't, it, th- there is an entourage, you know, when, when Bishop TD, well, I won't even say Bishop, when TD Jakes walks into a building, he yep. has an entourage. Absolutely. Some of these pastors even have what's called an advance. Yep. So I was uh, someplace where the mayor was coming to the, the hotel it was the Omni Shoreham downtown. Mayor and Barry was coming to the hotel. He had a person walk, go in front of him. To tell the front desk, and I was standing there. He's like, uh, "I just want the the manager of the hotel to know that Marion Barry is coming." <laughs> they have pastors have that pastors. I'm talking about yeah. not a politician. I'm talking about a pastor. Yeah, so yeah, that's nonsense. what he's talking about. I'm sorry the no. low the, the low melanin so church. It, I'm so sorry. the
1: low melanin country church, like where I'm from, they don't necessarily have that though. If they could, they would because mm-hmm. sin is sin. But what they have is, and and uh, it always bugged me, but. Um, they have all the pastors that sit up on the stage, right, looking yeah. at the congregation. Yeah, same while thing. Everybody, same thing in the hot yeah, But that in the was that was a big deal, and yeah. I remember as 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 a as a young pastor serving in different churches, and it's like, why do we do this? This is the weirdest thing ever. I'm, I'm, you know, as a pastor, I'm a sheep and a shepherd. Yeah. Like I need to sit with the people because yeah. I'm no different than them in in many aspects, right? I'm a member of this church. I'm a I'm a sheep in this church as well as the shepherd, and I want to worship with them. I want to be with them until the time comes when I bring the word. And it it, it just it's just again it's part of that cultural man centered mindset that infects more than we like it to. Mm-hmm. So that's just a practical way you can look out for that. But I want to go back before I forget going back to the testimony thing and back to having the word center centered and this I'll tie this into what you what you asked but listen to the listen to how important this is from Romans chapter 10 which is all driven by the gospel starting all the way you know in uh, verse 9 where those are the verses we often will use in sharing the gospel in some form or fashion because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Now watch what he says, for the scripture says, so he's going right to scripture, and he quotes scripture, Mm -hmm. and he quotes numbers of scriptures, and then he says, how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through my own personal testimony. The word of God. Hearing through the word of Christ.
0: That's so, uh, Romans 10.
1: That's Romans ten seventeen, that last verse. But yeah, yeah started at verse 9. So the reality is, Scripture is clear. That it is the Scripture's... That the Holy Spirit uses to enlighten the eyes, Psalm 19, to invigorate the soul through regeneration, right? Everything that is part of salvation is driven by the Word of God. It's the Word that is the means to salvation, not my story. Now, I can yeah. incorporate the Word in mm-hmm. my story mm-hmm. absolutely, and mm-hmm. any good testimony should have some aspect of that if I choose to use my story, but you cannot share the gospel without the scriptures can you, I point
0: can I point out something that I've yeah. never heard before, but yeah. you just just yeah. read uh Romans ten sixteen but they have not all obeyed the gospel. That's it? I've never it's like it just jumped off as you were reading. I'm like, wait a minute, does this say that? Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that will point right to the the false teachers then. absolutely. Yeah. And well then
1: what happens? so false teaching or you know, to broaden a category out of of, let's say um, unqualified teaching. Mm-hmm. so they may not necessarily be false in the sense of they're they're uh, aggressively proactively deceiving, but they're unqualified in that they're not helping, they're actually leading people astray because of their man-centered methods or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what another attribute is, it will be heavy on psychology and light on scripture. So you can see this, this mm-hmm. is another thing you asked for, How? what are some things we can look for? Well, is the preacher the point of the sermon? Mm-hmm. Is he the point of the story or some other man, some other man-centered method, or is it Christ or whatever the text is saying? Or is it? And and that's one we've talked about. The second thing is: it the word? Am I preaching Scripture, or am I or am I doing something else? Am I giving a TED talk? Am I giving you three reasons on how to be a better husband, or three reasons how to be a better you, or whatever, right? Or am I just letting the Scripture speak? As as uh, this is a plague in the modern church, mm-hmm. and uh, so you can tell, false teachers will almost always, oh, almost always go away from the text. They, not always. Sometimes they'll twist the text and that's coming next, but they will almost always go away from the text. Mm-hmm. They'll use scripture for to their advantage, but they'll push it aside and deal with whatever they're dealing with. And so that's that's a that's an attribute you can always look for. And if there's um, if there's not a, a, a clear scriptural uh, grounding to what's being taught, then you got, that's a red flag. Like, what's, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And then...
0: You said a scriptural grounding? Yeah,
1: meaning it's, it's grounded. Meaning, you know, if a guy's going to preach a 30-minute sermon or a 45-minute sermon or a 20-minute sermon or an hour-long sermon, whatever he does has to be grounded in the Word. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm there to bring the Scriptures, not to tell you a story, mm-hmm. not to throw up all kinds of fancy screenshots of this or play a video or whatever. I'm there to bring the Scriptures because that's the command. Mm-hmm. The command isn't to entertain anybody. But for some reason in the church, that's what we think. He's got it, like you said, a snore fest, mm-hmm. right? Well, that person clearly wants to be entertained mm-hmm. rather than be fed. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to entertain you. I could care less whether you find it enjoyable because mm-hmm. it's not about that. Right. I'm here to feed you because mm-hmm. this is a matter of life and death, mm-hmm. it's a matter of your living strength right? This is, as Moses told Israel at the end of his life, this word at the end of Deuteronomy, at the end of his sermon, this word that I preach to you is a matter of your life. I mean, I believe that every time I come to the pulpit, because that's what the word of God is. Without this, we we, we, we die. We, this is our sustenance. This is our strength. Mm-hmm. So uh, false teachers don't believe that, mm-hmm. right? They believe they are your sustenance and strength.
0: Well, I, I would just, of course, I like to Take the illustration further all the time, because um, I'm thinking like, yeah, like the the thing that we would want and our our sinful hearts would want is what we want. Yeah, we want. I would I would definitely if I could live my life and eat Hostess cakes, Twinkies, my wife's German chocolate uh, cake, <laughs> her key lime pie, Ooh. and feel full and you know and not get sick. Because of the amounts of sugar or whatever Absolutely Of course But I have to eat broccoli I have to eat vegetables I have to drink water I have to get the things that I may not necessarily always like uh, But I know that's good for me I need to eat kale You know know what I mean? (laughs) And uh, I would almost imagine that the false teacher would be the one that is uh, not just, and you, I think you're about to go here, you know, and, and you and uh, 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 Seymour Helliger use this this uh, pastor, Seymour Heliger, because he's a true pastor. Um, you all use this illustration where you're not preparing the meal. Yep. You're this, just the waiters carrying it from the kitchen That's to it. the table. That's it. But those false teachers would almost in, 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 inevitably Uh, Be tampering with the food on the tray, uh, rearranging it, uh, but also taking off, you know, the meat and the vegetables and just bringing the sugar and the sweet stuff. Let me let me
1: let me read this to you, because this is at the heart of false teaching or even unqualified teaching. Um, This is the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And, uh, of course, most of our readers will be familiar with the story, but just for background, right? So this Jesus telling this story where the rich man uh, and Lazarus uh, kind of grew up together. The poor man, Lazarus, you know, he's out begging for his food. The rich man has all his food, all his joys, all his pleasures. They die. Lazarus is a believer, so he goes to Abraham's bosom. He's enjoying uh, life there free of torment and pain and suffering. He's in great peace and joy. Uh, the rich man is an unbeliever. He goes to hell. He's, he's in internal, inter, eternal torment, nonstop burning judgment, right? And in the story, there's, a, there's an opportunity for the rich man to look across this chasm and see the beggar whom he knew, enjoying feasting and and enjoying life Mm -hmm. and he's like man tell lazarus to dip his finger in the water and in the cup to bring over and and cool my tongue as i'm burning and of course you know abraham who he's who he's who he the the rich man's talking to says no that can't happen and he says well please beg lazarus to go tell my family not to come here right to warn them that they don't end up in this evil place and he says what does he say He's like, no, that won't that that won't work, because even if somebody mm-hmm. raises from the dead mm-hmm. and goes back to them, they will not believe. It says if they do not believe Moses and the prophets, what is he saying? Mm-hmm. The scriptures mm-hmm. back to Romans 10, what mm-hmm. I just said, if they don't believe the scriptures, they won't even believe a story, a fancy drama, a high highfalutin light show, mm-hmm. all the things that this is what people think. Mm-hmm. They think we need to add to the gospel. We need to add to the scriptures because we got to help people along. We'll entice them. That's an unqualified teacher at best, a false teacher at worst. And it's like, no, no, I just need to bring the scriptures because the scriptures will do its work. It's guaranteed to do its work. It was God himself that said, my word will not return void. Trust it. Get it out there. Do its work. And unqualified, disqualified, false teachers don't believe that. So they add to it. They take away from it. So um, you can always tell. This is, this is a helpful kind of analogy. False teachers, deceptive teachers, unqualified teachers, they will always um, add to the gospel. Right, so you'll see this where the gospel is this plus this. Mm. So it's like believe on Jesus and whatever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. right? Do all these things. So they'll always add to the gospel. They'll always subtract from the from the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? So they'll always they'll always, um, or should I say, they'll always divide the scriptures up rather than taking the scriptures as the whole mm-hmm. and and preaching and teach they'll cut it up and they'll pull parts out and they'll divide it up and and Talk about Andy Stanley Andy <laughs> Stanley they're talking about any prosperity god yeah if you do this in my name I'll do it what did they just do they divided up that scripture took mm-hmm. it out of context and used it for their own means right, right. that's what a false teacher that's what you look for mm-hmm. are they preaching it in context do they understand the context have they taken it out of context Script, uh, false teachers, Paul talked about this, right? They're wolves in sheep's clothing, and in part because they twist the scriptures. Mm-hmm. They're constantly so. These are the ones that will that are actually doing what they're doing, and they know it. So they'll take the scriptures and they'll use it for their own means, rather than it's it's divinely inspired means, mm-hmm. and then they'll they'll subtract from Christ. So they'll add to the gospel, they'll divide, it's mathematical equations, they'll divide the scriptures, and they'll subtract from Christ. Mm-hmm. They'll minimize him. He's not sufficient. He's not, he's not all that he claimed to be. They might not say that, but in their preaching and their teaching, they'll point away from him to some other thing. Mm-hmm. And you can see that, that. That is so common throughout false, de- deceiving systems. Roman Catholicism does what I just said. Mormonism does what I just said. Islam does what I just said. Jehovah's Witnesses does what... I, Joel Osteen, down the line. Mm-hmm. T.D. Jakes, down the line. Mm-hmm. You can see this, and that is a good way where you can begin to evaluate and say, oh yeah, this is, this is not good. This is what they're doing. And you can start to see this even in, evan- quote, evangelical churches, that are starting to go the way of false teaching. You'll start to see this in the preaching and teaching and doctrine that they go out and start promoting.
0: It starts to have these earmarks to it. Hmm. Yeah, the uh, the the thing that keeps popping in my head, obviously, is uh, a lot of the things that I have experienced mm-hmm. in, in this way, you know, in the past, where it was, you know, literally, uh, you know, what this 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 one pastor. <laughs> So, Pastor's Anniversary, you know, it's, you know, like the, you know, because they had Pastor's Anniversary, you know, it was a whole, like, week of, of services and evening services, and uh, a, a local pastor who, uh, you know what, I just, I might as well, and the the issue is that uh, a lot of people are being deceived by what he has been preaching, um, and uh, his name is Michael Freeman. Hmm. He runs a church uh, down in Southern Maryland, and uh, a lot of issues have come out of that church, obviously. But he was preaching at my old church, and he said, um, uh, this is what I remember out of that sermon. I don't remember what he was preaching about. I I remember the occasion, Mm -hmm. and I remember what he said. He said, I drive a such-and-such car. When I don't feel like driving that, I drive this such-and-such car. When I don't feel like driving that, I have this type of motorcycle. When I don't have, when I don't feel like driving the motorcycle, uh, I got a bike. And if I got the, if I don't feel like riding the bike, I got a horse. When you pull up to my house, the gate is electric gate that opens. And when I don't feel like riding a horse, I got a bunch of shoes that I could wear. I got gaiters, I got ostrich. You take your pick, and I got sneakers and all this stuff. That is what I remember from his sermon. I don't remember anything else. Well, I mean, it just proves my point.
1: The sermon yeah. was about him. It wasn't a sermon. It, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it, it was, was. It was story time.
0: Yeah, it was. It was.
1: It was everything that Isaiah um, abhorred. Right. Mm-hmm. That uh, God says, "I share my glory with no one," and false teachers are always they're glory thieves. Yes. And so they're stealing the glory for themselves, as we all are, as sinners. That's mm-hmm. what it is to be a sinner is to steal the glory from God, and to exalt yourself. But false teachers do it exponentially. Mm-hmm. In Second Corinthians. 10 10 and 11, Paul talks about this very clearly when he's dealing with false teachers, false apostles, and and in chapter 11, he basically says, you know, um, what I was just saying a minute ago, verse 4, he said, for if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus, there you go, then the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you you put up with it read, readily enough. Indeed, I consider that I am not in the least inferior to these super apostles. <laughs> You're getting a little sarcastic there. Even if I am unskilled in speaking, he's speaking uh, sarcastically again, because that's what they said about him. I am not so in knowledge. Indeed, in every way, we have made this plain to you in all things. So then he goes on, he talks about his humility and all this stuff, and then he goes on in verse 12. And what I am doing, I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that it is their boasted mission they work on the same terms as we do, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ, and no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, so it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, for their end will correspond to their deeds. Mm. This comes up, so you brought it up earlier, and I brought it up in the sermon when I was talking about Um, the leaven of the Pharisees Mm -hmm. from last Sunday's message. And what that is is false teaching. And that's literally what Matthew 16 says. The leaven of the Pharisees is the teaching of the Pharisees, which is the false doctrine, the false teaching, the false gospel, all that they were teaching. And how damning that is on the church. That has always been, false teaching has always been one of the greatest problems for believers and for the church. And the reason why we know that is because the Bible says it. I just read a passage that shows this is what Paul had to deal with nonstop. Every single New Testament letter deals with this at some at some level. Mm-hmm. Just about every single letter. Be- take false teaching out of the equation, we wouldn't have the New Testament letters. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why they're written because there was so much false teaching. Because driven by Satan and his servants, that's what Paul is saying right here, that were seeking to come in and undermine the gospel. Again, go all the way back to Acts 15. What is it? It's a false gospel. They're adding to the gospel circumcision. That's the first church council that had to deal with false gospel. And there it is. Boom, Acts 15. From that moment forward, it just keeps going.
0: But the Old Testament dealt with it as well. Whoa, absolutely. False gods. Absolute right? False
1: right. gods and false priests. Mm-hmm. Right? That was, that was one of the most scathing things. Um, denunciations in the old in the old testament is israel's false prophets and false priests Mm -hmm. and what was what does god condemn them for in ezekiel and jeremiah for not preaching his word Mm -hmm. for setting aside his word for lying to the people and saying what evil is good and good is evil Right. Yeah. Turning turning the tables on them and lying. And what made the prophet actually honorable to God and sent by God is when he brought the word of God. Mm-hmm. Whether the people liked it or not, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Is was his word actually said. Mm-hmm. So when you turn over again, this this just for clarity's sake, when you go over to Second Timothy, Paul is clear that in last days this is what will happen. You'll have false teachers coming. You'll have people longing for this. You'll have people who turn away from the truth. He declares this emphatically in chapter three, verses one to nine. He uses uh, Janus and Jamris, who were the false uh, uh, magicians of Egypt's court, right? Mm-hmm. And he talks about comparing them to them to comparing false teachers to them who are ever learning but never understanding the truth. Right, and so you see these preachers who are preaching, and yet it's like they never even listen to their own sermon. Mm. It's like, are you listening to what you're saying? Because you're not living it. Right. You're a duplicitous, right. you know, deceiver. Mm. Look at it, look at you know how you live, whether it's Jesse Duplantis or whoever. And it's like, mm. you, look at you. Do you hear what you're what you see what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And that's 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 these kind of men. They're they're never able to arrive to the knowledge of the truth because they're blinded. They're deceived. They're They've believed their own lie and uh, they're blinded. Of course, as you said a minute ago, Second Corinthians four four. But then he goes on in uh, the rest of chapter three, and he starts talking to Timothy about not going this way, following his example. And then he says in verse twelve, "Indeed, all who desire to live godly in this life will be persecuted, while evil people and keyword imposters, fakes, phonies, imposters." This goes right back to Second corinthians chapter 11 that i read angels of 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 light they will look like their pastors shepherds teachers preachers but they are imposters Mm -hmm. will go on from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived so they'll deceive others while they themselves are being further deceived into their own lives but as for you timothy continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing from whom you have learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, there it is, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Here it is. All stories are breathed out by God. (laughs) All drama acts, all movie clips, all smoke and light shows I mean that's the point that's the point he's making mm-hmm. do not turn away from the scriptures mm-hmm. timothy all scripture is breathed out by god and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction for training and righteousness mm-hmm. that the man of god may be complete equipped for every good work then he goes on and gives the famous i charge you preach the word timothy that's your charge that's what you do that's what you live and die by why because of what we said from the beginning Because it's the word that changes lives, not you, Timothy. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything. You can't make anybody believe. You can't change anybody's life. But you are there as the waiter to bring them the meal that will change their life. Mm -hmm. They have to eat it. You can't force feed it. They have to accept it. You can't force it down their throat. But you are the one who has to deliver it to them. And that's your job. And that's what we do. And that's what false, disqualified, unqualified teachers don't do and that's one of the telltale signs always is they're beginning to minimize the scriptures lighten the scriptures less scripture where faithful man is all scripture nothing but scripture mm-hmm. all about scripture mm-hmm. because it pushes away from him and that's it
0: yeah yeah that's good that's good i um
1: so is that is that there you go snorfest
0: yeah <laughs> Definitely not a snore fest. It's more of a, I got to sit up and think about this fest. <laughs> it's a snore feast. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, the the leaven that you were talking about, and this is, this would be like the last part of, of, yeah. of this podcast. The leaven that you were talking about. Um, I think that when you explained it initially, it was, you know, because like the leaven would be like the yeast, yeah. and the yeast is what makes the bread grow. Yep. Um, is that that's what I was confused about, mostly about the entire uh, sermon, because mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, well, seems to be a good thing. But is it that we aren't like like kind of give me like an idea? Because because when I think of it and then I thought about, OK, well, uh, the. They weren't supposed to eat leavened bread, uh, you know, during like the feast of unleavened bread. Right. Yeah. So is it that they are not supposed to be eating leavened bread or like when you made that when you did that, it's like maybe I'm thinking too deeply about it or maybe I'm thinking in the wrong way. Yeah. Um, Because the leaven of the Pharisees is like, okay, well, I'm just not going to use that yeast because maybe that yeast isn't going to make my bread rise. Yeah. You know,
1: you're thinking just like the uh, just like the
0: apostles were.
1: Yeah, that's what that's how they that's how they understood it. They were just like, oh, okay, so we're not going to buy bread from the Pharisees because they're they're not to be trusted and they we don't want to support what they're doing. So we'll
0: buy our bread over there. And Jesus is like, no, no, you're thinking material. I'm talking spiritual. Well see, I, I kinda I kinda put myself I, I I think that I'm Peter. And when I look at the disciples, I'm Peter and I'm talking pre crucif pre Christ crucifixion, Peter. Yeah. The one that had foot and mouth disease. Yeah. He would constantly put his foot in his mouth because yeah. he always says and did something that was like yeah. why'd you do that? That was stupid. That's me. <laughs> yeah. That, that's all of us. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Get in line
1: behind the rest of us who are like Peter, right? But uh, no. So yeah, and this was this is kind of what I clarified because the Bible uses that term leaven multiple times, and so yes, leaven in the process of baking bread is helpful if you want to have raised bread, <clears throat> right? Otherwise, it doesn't rise. You just have the flat cakes and whatnot, because that's what that's what leaven did, and that's what yeast does. And so, um, but what I was pointing out was starting even in the Old Testament and then of course it, it caught on even through the culture and the teaching leaven became metaphor it became a an illustration of sin essentially influence to mm-hmm. sin and and the reason why it's such a powerful and helpful illustration is it only takes a tiny bit of yeast to literally infect because that's Mm -hmm. what it is it's 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 mold Mm -hmm. really is what it is you're right and so it infects that loaf of bread and that little pinch of yeast goes into that bread and it as paul says in first corinthians 5 it leavens the whole lump so he says, which he's talking about the immorality that had gotten into the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 5. And you got this guy who's sleeping with his father's wife <laughs> in this incestuous, weird, immoral relationship that is wicked beyond belief. And yet the church was like proud of it that they knew it was going on. And they were like, see how loving we are. See how loving we are. We 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 don't want to we don't want to deal with people's sin. You know that's between them. That's behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. We just want to we just want to love one another, mm-hmm. right? You can hear that mentality. You know we're the church with the gifts. Are See, you
0: talking about their church? Or are you talking about the modern church? No, well, I'm talking
1: about church at Corinth, and <laughs> sounds how, like the modern church exactly, right? <laughs> And so Paul is like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. The, and, of course, they had so many problems. Why? Well, whenever you put up with sin in your personal life, in your family life, and in your church life, mm-hmm. it spreads. Mm-hmm. You you let your children start to rebel, and you put up with that. Watch what your other children do. Watch what the rest of your house does. Watch how it spreads across your house. And It's like a dark cloud of of, of confusion and and fights and all kinds of—what are you doing? You're letting that sin—like—like—like—like— like, like, um, Tentacles on a octopus, right? Just take over your home. What well, happens in the church? If you've got known, unrepentant, ongoing sin that continues in the church, that breeds more sin. That breeds more sin, and it just keeps going. I've heard this emphatically, um, objectively, when a pastor—and this shows you the the damage that a elder does when he falls into sin—and I've seen this with my own eyes where a pastor will fall into immorality. And then because of that, for years you watch that church have divorce after divorce after divorce, where the men in that church are then brought out that they were in immoral relationships mm. and they were cheating on their wives or mm. whatever. And it just spreads like gangrene, mm. right? That's the way sin is. Sin mm-hmm. is just like that yeast. Mm-hmm. It only takes a little bit to come in and it infects and it spreads, like Paul said, like gangrene. Mm-hmm. And it'll just eat and destroy everything. It's mm-hmm. it's Sin is the evil of all evils. It's the worst. So this idea or this illustration, that's what yeast or, or leaven does— and then, um, and that's why they, you know, in part weren't to have it during Passover. They were to remember that they didn't have time to bake the bread and have it rise. They had to leave in in quickness, and that's part of what it was, but it was also to demonstrate they were to to get rid of all the leaven in their home, all the leaven in their life, and and purify themselves as they celebrated, And, and that's why certain offerings couldn't be offered with leaven in it, and and uh, that, that reality in the Old Testament, Leviticus 2 and Exodus uh, 19 and all of that, the, or Exodus 16 with the Passover and what was going on, all of that then comes over to the New Testament. And when it's used in the New Testament about a dozen times, it's only used once in a positive light. It's used as an illustration of the kingdom of God, mm. which, is, which again is like that, where it starts out small, mm-hmm. and it's the infusion of this beginning gospel with these 12 men and then it spreads like crazy into mm-hmm. this massive right. what it is now right so it and i think it's in matthew 13 it uses it and talks about the kingdom of god being like leaven that's the only time in the new testament where it's ever used in a positive light every other time it's always used in negative in, mm-hmm. a, in a, as an illustration of sin or influence to sin. So when he talks about the leaven of the Sadducees, the leaven of the Pharisees, the leaven of Herod in Marks uh, 8 and Matthew 16, he's talking about their sinful influence on you like yeast or like leaven. It's going to come into your life, and it's going to spread. you got to watch out for it. Mm-hmm. you got to beware of it. That's what he's saying. That's what he's talking about, and that's what sin does, and that's—now go back full circle— That's what false teaching does. Mm -hmm. False teaching will get into your life, will get into your brain, will get into your heart and begin to deceive you, begin to minimize Christ, maximize self. It will begin to take you away from the word and cling to other people's word, even your own word, Mm -hmm. name it and claim it, right? And Mm -hmm. so you can see what, what it does, and it'll begin to lower God and who he is and elevate you to God's status, that's what false teaching does, and um, and that's what Jesus is warning about. And that's what, that in that day, Judaism did, right? It, it took God out of the picture, and it made man the point of the picture. Mm-hmm. And man had to work his way to God, rather than God coming to man in grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. Man has to climb this ladder, and man becomes the measure of all things. And that's, you know, works-based righteousness, and that's utterly... Pitiful, but that's that was the leaven, and once that got in their hearts, man, they were they were inoculated to the gospel. Yeah, and that's what happens. That's what false teaching will do. It'll inoculate you to the truth, mm-hmm. just like a, a vaccine. That's what a vaccine does, and it'll give you just a little bit of the virus, and uh, it'll give you just a little bit of truth, and then it'll be it will it, it'll, it'll then cloud you to the rest of the truth, and it'll protect you, or should I say, uh, cover you from actually understanding the truth, and that's what false teaching does. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a little bit of truth where you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, this is good, and this is right, and yet you're getting filled with lies, and you don't know what's happening is you're being inoculated to the truth, mm-hmm. and that's why I've always said emphatically that a partial truth is always a full lie, always a full lie. Mm-hmm. So many modern-day Christians, because we live in a PC culture, and they're unwilling to call out false teaching, sin, wrong, wrong, right? We're just so scared to do that in the church today, and which isn't helpful. We need to be loving and kind, but we need to be clear and and, and rightfully confront wrong when we see it. Mm -hmm. But because of that, we have accepted, we have tolerated and even accepted false partial truth as truth. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you know, their doctrine's not all the way right, or this isn't right, and, and we need to be humble about secondary issues. But when it comes to primary issues... Listen, if you're not right on the deity of Christ, you're not right. Yeah. You're not saved. Mm-hmm. That's just that simple, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Martin Luther King had all kinds of issues. All kinds of issues when it comes to the gospel, mm-hmm. when it comes to the deity of Christ, when it comes to the Trinity, when it comes to the foundational issues that 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 defines you as a believer. Martin Luther King Jr. had all kinds of problems. And yet we're quick to say, well, you know, he's a believer, but he got this wrong, got that wrong. No, he got the gospel wrong. Yeah. But nobody wants to say that because mm-hmm. we live in a PC culture and now that's racist and now I'm a racist. And no, I'm being faithful to the word. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, that's the way it is in our in our world today, though. You get a You get an unqualified preacher who's like, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to preach a feel good message. That guy that guy's wrong. and mm-hmm. He needs to be called out by his church and mm-hmm. by his people. For his own good, mm-hmm. and if he won't change, he needs to he needs to go away. Yeah, and that's the problem with the world today. We've got too many, we got too many people in the pulpit that need to go away. Mm-hmm. And but they won't go away because they're being used by the evil one and they're they're agents of the world. And the world's not going away until the Lord returns. So this is this is this is why the true church needs to stand up and call it what it is. So that's the worldly deceptions I was pointing out in the sermon was that that was the the first one which was false doctrine false teaching Mm -hmm. it's 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 a big bigger deal than we realize but if you read your bible you'll see it
0: that is a lot clearer than it was before i appreciate that because i was just really confused but i was like wait a minute so the leaven the yeast I, i don't understand like when you put yeast in bread, it makes it delicious. That's it. So why is it that, are we supposed to only eat pita now? Like, no. What is going on here? Yep. All right. All right. Yep. Now I understand. That's helpful. All right. That's that's how you grow. It is. You wrestle it, with the text. It's very helpful. Get yeah. in there. Figure it out, man. It's a blessing. Yeah. Um. I'm going to end this here. Yep. We're going to come back next time yep. um, and uh, yeah, and talk about a few more things. Uh, thank you all for tuning in today. If you have any questions, please email us at the truth talks podcast at gmail.com. Give us a phone call. Leave us a voicemail at 612 truth. And you can visit our website at bellcroft.org. Thank you all for tuning in. Oh, also, please subscribe and then download the podcast that is how we're able to uh get viewed more uh in whatever podcast uh uh, platform you use Uh, also leave us a five-star review as well if you could um i joke all the time but nobody has said anything yet when i put in the description i say people don't read the description (laughs) and nobody has done it i've done it for the last three uh episodes nobody has has called me out on it said anything So I just proved to you all that nobody reads the description. So I need to say all these things so that you know what I'm putting in the actual description. (laughs) There you go. Thank you all for listening. And now here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The biblical gospel starts with God out of nothing. God made everything, including you and me to bring himself much pleasure. His purpose for us as humanity was to love, obey and enjoy him perfectly. Instead of this, Man has sinned against our loving creator and acted in rebellion. Since God is good and just, he must punish sin that deserves eternal conscious punishment under God's wrath and hell. But God being merciful, loving and gracious had a plan to punish sin and so be a just judge and yet forgive sinners. And so display mercy by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, the co-equal and co-eternal son of God, To take on human flesh, fulfilling his perfect requirements in the place of sinners, loving, obeying, and enjoying him perfectly. Furthermore, Jesus bore the full wrath of God upon the cross, and he satisfied the eternal anger of God. Standing in a place of sinners, though he was himself perfectly sinless, God showed his acceptance of Christ's sacrifice by raising Jesus from the dead after three days in the grave. Now Jesus commands everyone, everywhere, to repent, turn from their sin, and believe, trust in him. This is the glorious transaction. God then charges Christ's perfection to the sinner, and no longer views him as an enemy, but instead an adopted son and daughters covered in the perfect righteousness of his son. We can now have peace with God and have eternal life with him forever. It's true for every person in every culture in every place in every language through all time So our response to this good news is repentance and faith Dear hearer, behold now is the accepted time Behold now is the day of salvation Turn from your sins, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ And this day be reconciled to God Thanks for tuning in to this. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at thetruthtalkspodcast. And visit our website at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Delighting in the word
1: that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Belcroft
0: Bible Church.